Hello, this is a live episode of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast from Shucks 2022. We had a great time recording this. I think it's a really fun episode, uh, but it does have some audio problems as it was the first show that we recorded before maybe getting all of the tech in line. Pretty typical for a live show, but I recommend listening to this one maybe out of a speaker rather than through headphones. You'll maybe hear why in a minute. There's a slightly strange quality to some of the audio going on here, but I also just wanted to flag that, yes, seemingly only my microphone gets really quite weird early into the podcast. It's not a problem with your listening device, I promise. I just think that the audio is being recorded by the mic next to me rather than the one that I'm actually speaking into on stage, which is fun. Anyway, that's all my grumbling done. Enjoy this episode of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. Sorry, sorry, everybody. I think there's been some mistake. We were just going to record a podcast, and now all, all you are here. You know, it's just going to be like us talking about like board games for like 45 minutes, right? <laughs> They're insatiable. Uh, I've literally forgotten the podcast. 197. 197, please. <laughs> okay. It's so good that this isn't live and we can just edit this out, isn't it? Really. <laughs> you made me laugh as I was going to do that intro. Hello everybody and welcome to the very 197th episode of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, this time live from, I almost said all sharks, it's not, it's real sharks. Give yourself a round of applause everybody. <laughs> my name is Quinns. It's not my real name, it's one I chose. I just made it up and I'm joined here by Tom Brewster. Unfortunately, that is my real name and it's not one I chose. And Ava Foxfort. <laughs> and that is sort of my real name. It's actually very complicated. You know what, let's not get into that. <laughs> it's a whole thing. And in this episode of the podcast, we are gonna be covering a whopping, a stonking, a belting 10 board games. Read them and weep. Uh, they're not, they're not, there's no reading involved. Okay. Just be quiet. Um, <laughs> it's because it's, you're gonna talk about them. It's a podcast. So what uh, these two have been doing, these two have been doing previews of all the board games we have here at the Shut Up and Sit Down Expo Hall. Uh, they're games that you lot can, right after this, go and look at with your own eyes. You can't buy them though, I think, probably. I don't probably. know, I think some of them you can buy and some of them you can't. Ava, be be quiet, there's no time. Uh, Everything is newer. <laughs> um, so what we've got here, we've actually got a competition in which you lot in the audience are going to be uh, the judges of uh, Tom and Ava's decisions, because what's, what's going to happen here? Not, not, not in general, just the decisions <laughs> of the board games they've chosen. Uh, so um, we're going to go back and forth, starting with Tom, and uh, Tom and Ava are each going to be uh, competing in a series of heats. Um, so they're going to be putting games like face-offs against one another. They're going to be pitching these games, why these games are interesting, and then you lot in the audience are going to be deciding who wins each round. With five rounds to go, it is mathematically impossible. There's going to be a draw, we're going to have a winner, and we're going to have a loser. Well, we're talking about board games. You just so. told me we were recording a podcast. What's all of this? The loser gets fired. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, goodness gracious. So with I've that... had this dream before. <laughs> Without further ado, let's get into these darn board games. Uh, this is where there would be a sting if we weren't doing it live. Oh, we can, so. yeah, we can do it. Yeah. Wait, that's the theme tune. It's wrong. Oh no, I did the wrong bit, sorry. Oh, I've got one of them, I've got one of them. It goes... I've got another one on deck I can do later. Yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. Okay, it's the one that goes... <laughs> okay. Uh, did you know that Quince yeah. did actually record all of them with his mouth? It's true. <laughs> you wouldn't know it. Um, okay, Tom, please, would you like to start us off in round one by talking about Chief... Chief by, well, this can be edited out. Uh, <laughs> by talking about Cheese Thief, published by Jolly Thinkers. I can. I can tell you all about Cheese Thief, which is designed by Double Kill Games, and it's a nice, cheery game about mice stealing cheese. Uh, we can click through, we can get these lovely little slides... Oh, maybe we can't. Wait, no, scroll wheel. Okay, we can't do that either. No, it's not. That's, no, it's just the our face. doing nothing. That, that, yay, now it's that. Now hey. It's that. Hey, hey, hey. We love you. Ignore that one. <laughs> 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 Am I going to have to do the clicking now? 
Is that what you're saying? Yeah, maybe. You might have to do the clicking. Uh, this is Cheese Thief, and you can see here, uh, in real, we're sort of captured forever in amber, Matt's excitement at discovering the cheese. <laughs> Which you can see right in the middle there is a tiny little triangular lump of foam that looks like a piece of cheese. Uh, in Cheese Thief, this is like the most... So what Blood on the Clock Tower is on sort of the deep end of social deduction games, Cheese Thief is the shallow end. And I think that sounds like it's a bad thing, but I think it might be the best game of all time. <laughs> in Cheese Thief, there are two roles. There are the sleepy heads, and there is the Cheese Thief. <laughs> if you're the Cheese Thief, you must steal the cheese. You have to obtain it by the end of the game or you lose. If you are the sleepy heads, your job is to sleep. I've had this dream too. <laughs> I have, I have. This is weird. How are you all in my head? So the way this works is really simple. Everyone gets dealt a card. You're either the cheese thief or you're a sleepy head. You take that card, it stays face down in front of you through the game. Then you take your tiny little dice cup, which you can see there, a charming little logs. You roll your dice. That will tell you between what, like 1am or 6am at what time you're waking up in the night, depending on what number is on the dice. You roll a three, you're waking up at 3am. Everyone then goes to sleep, and the moderator goes through each hour of the night, one by one, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., waking up all the mice that need to be woken up at that time. Okay. In this, this is my favorite section of the rules in the game. If you are the only mouse to wake up, you may lift someone's cup and have a little look at their dice, find out what time they're going to wake up during the night. If you're the cheese thief, you must steal the cheese when you wake up. <laughs> However, other people might also be awake, so they just have to watch you go... <laughs> I just, just want to make clear for the people at home, so there's a series of cups on the table as well, yes. face down. Yeah. They have, oh, those are the dice cups that you hide your dice in right, to gotcha. show what time so that people don't know what time you woke up in the night. And you could also put a cheese in there if you wanted to, but technically you can hide the cheese wherever you want. And in one of my favourite games of this, someone hid the cheese between two players. <laughs> so it's like, how did the cheese get over there during the night? It was like, it must be them, they're sat right next to the bloody cheese. Oh. Um, so the, the, the cheese thief has to steal cheese. Has they to have steal like just irrepressible mm -hmm. urge. And the, and the mouse that's holding the cheese, he looks really happy about oh. it. <laughs> but the we um, don't have the picture of Matt looking really happy about it yeah, anymore. Get, <laughs> get that back up. Look at him. He's so excited. <laughs> what a happy mouse. Oh no. Oh, oh there we go. We <laughs> that's the, the cheese on. that you can see there. But my, my, my other favourite rule, right, is like, so I said that if you're uh, a sleepy head and you wake up during the night and you're the only one to wake up, you can have a look at the numbers on a dice, right? If you are a sleepy head and you wake up with another sleepy head, you may not look at a number on the dice. In fact, the rulebook explicitly states you may do nothing or smile silently. <laughs> <laughs> Which led to one of the funniest games I've ever had where there were six people around the table and somehow four of them all rolled fours. <laughs> so there was a solid 10 seconds of just four of my friends just smiling at each other and trying not to laugh to give away that they were awake. It was delightful. Um, I mean, that's all I have to say about cheese thief. That's an Just... incredibly strong start. <laughs> like, I mean, we all like deduction games, but really maybe the manual and the rules are just slowing us down. And actually what we want is an excuse to close our eyes, and look at one cheese. another, and steal a tiny styrofoam piece of cheese. Uh, Ava, Tom's coming to the first round pretty hot. Um, what would you like to talk about first? So, I'm sure that everyone here really cares about the agrarian economy of, like, early village life. <laughs> right? Yeah? 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 You don't like the cheese. You want a hamlet. I'm, tr I'm trying to click. It's not... There, uh, there. Hey! Uh, this, is, this is really cute. So this is a weird... In fact, I need to describe it. This you need to face the mic treatment. as well. <laughs> All right, Dad. <laughs> um, Hamlet's really a big... Worker placement game where everything is happening in the middle. The tiles are these little weirdly shaped objects made up of little things. So everything ties together in this very messy part. Now I live in a very messy part of the north of England, which means that like this is what villages look like. Like there are just there's just a random cliff there. Like I don't know what to do with this. Anyway, <laughs> a hamlet apparently is what you call a village when it's not big enough to have a church yet. So the point is to stop being a hamlet. Um, like Hamlet, the Prince of Denmark, um, <laughs> stop being a Hamlet or be 
No, sorry, I'm getting really far gone here. Um, you're trying to build the church. You're trying to graduate from being a hamlet into, into being what's a, the next step up, a town? Yeah. And then a city? So, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. So you're just trying to get, but you're just trying to do that first step. You build a church, so you've got these loads of deliveries to make. Now, the thing that's interesting here is that you have workers that can go to any of the buildings that you've got a road route to, to go and activate them. And you've got donkeys that can transport stuff around. But everything apart from that belongs to everybody. So Wait, so you're telling me this is a Euro game where instead of my own personal player board where I have my personal holdings and my personal things going on, I have to share <laughs> everything with everybody else. Absolutely everything. Like, what I will say about this is I have played a little bit of this and it is the Euro game that I've played which had people peering the closest in to a central board. <laughs> oh, like, okay, I love that. The entire game, everyone was in the centre going like... Ooh, did I just knock the mic? Um, <laughs> Why were you recording really it? Focused on it. Um, and yeah, so you, grow, you build some stuff, you get a bit of money for it, but then someone comes and takes your stuff and does what you were planning on doing with it on their turn. So it is surprisingly cutthroat, lots of weird little building out. Every, the, the hamlet ends up looking really bizarre at the end because all of the tiles are such unusual shapes. And it's quite, I, I, yeah, I think it's quite good. I'm trying to move the... Is it the I haven't done as good at pictures. I know, no. The what are you doing? This is great for the Hey, hey, oh, we nailed it. Except we've gone too far now. We've gone too far now. You've gone too far. Look, we're all learning how slides work. We, we established <laughs> this in a previous shucks that Microsoft PowerPoint never made it to the UK. So <laughs> this is all very exciting. Okay, but no, Hamlet sounds, that's really strong. I saw on the photo there was a little wooden donkey as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a tiny little, little wooden chain bridge. Of donkeys that create like a bucket chain where they're just throwing stuff down the line. Ooh, this sounds quite similar to Splotter, like one of the most bonkers Splotter games of all time, uh, Roads and Boats. This but in a format that we can play and actually enjoy. Quinns, it sounds like Roads and Boats for babies. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, Ava, I'm, I'm hearing some conflicting things. Is this game bad? Um, I, uh, I'm going to save that for a possibly even, possibly even maybe. A review? Mmm, okay, well, it's time to throw it. Like, I think it's worth having a look at, and it is like an easy access into Splotters. Um, uh, yeah. Shared, like, shared infrastructure in the middle shared of the Shared infrastructure, lots of ruthlessness, but like, this is gentler and easier to learn. And really, really good looking as well. And it looks so cute. Okay. I, we, I, so cute. Weird little the, English cities. Not cities, the tiny ones. You can the Hamlets. Have... It's in the name. <laughs> Hamlets. <laughs> I'm getting fired, aren't I? <laughs> That's up for the audience to decide. So the way that this is going to work is if you think out of those two games, you would uh, rather play Cheese Thief. Uh, on three, we're going to shout cheese. One, two, three. Cheese! That's, that's pretty substantial, isn't it? Um, anyone who likes a game in a comic, comic Ava, Ava, please. You just shout louder. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's not what democracy is. Uh, if you believe that Hamlet is the better game, on three, please shout early modern agrarianism. <laughs> One, two, three. Oh, that was, that was quite a few. But unfortunately, I do think Cheese Thief edged it out. Ava, it's just round one of five. <laughs> Everything to play for. I, wanna, I quite want to play Cheese Thief. Now. I just want to play this game where I make the audience yell stuff. <laughs> uh, There's more of that to come. <laughs> There's eight more of that. Uh, okay, Tom, for your second game, I believe we've got Deal with the Devil by uh, CGE. Yeah, this is uh, Deal with the Devil, which asks the question, what if a Euro game had Satan in it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and for the people listening to this podcast, our slide has the caption, Watch Tom try and explain this one lol. <laughs> so this is going to be a hell of a time. So basically, Deal with the Devil is a... Uh, oh, that was a joke, wasn't it? I said it will be a hell of a time. Yeah. And it's got the devil in it. Shucks has had its first actual joke, everybody. <laughs> this year, this year. We've done it in previous years. Ugh. Uh, Unfortunately, that is cutting into your time to explain this complicated <laughs> Eurogame. Unfortunately, the fun does end there. So Deal with the Devil on the surface is sort of quite a typical Eurogame. You're trying to build up your sort of corner of the kingdom by building castles and towns and houses and paying people money and doing little events and just generally being a nice person. But you could also be literally Satan. So I think this is a game for only four players. And in that game, you have two mortals who start the game with nothing but their immortal soul. <laughs> you have a 
cultist who starts with some resources because they've already flogged a third of their immortal soul. Wow. And then you have the devil who starts with all of the money in the world but has no soul. <laughs> and the way that the game works is you're playing this sort of typical Euro game, but then sort of layered on top of it, you have these series of trades that happen every round where you fill your little tiny cardboard case, which I think might be the next slide, that you, you cram with all these bits and bobs that you then pass to people around the table to be like, hey, this is what I'm offering you in exchange for a little bit of soul. We saw this in, oh, what was that, Dreadful Circus by Bruno Cathala. Oh, yeah. Another game of putting cute little offers in a little box <laughs> and sliding it over to someone. They open it. It's like, I don't want this. It's like, no way. Yeah. You, you think my soul is worth one money? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> so there's also like a whole system. So why do you, you know, what's the problem if you don't have a soul? Basically, there's, there are events that happen on every sort of like odd round in the game. Like every few rounds, you have these inquisitors who come to town and they're trying to sniff out who doesn't have a soul. And if you get caught without a bit of a soul, you have to basically show each Inquisitor a portion of it to sort of oh. pass their test. Because if you don't have soul, they'll get real mad at you. So I actually don't know what happens if you get caught with no soul. <laughs> Do you know who the... Uh, is this a hidden role game? Yes. Yeah, no one knows who the devil or the cultist is. That's probably kind of so important. Does that mean that you could be one of the sort of humans with a soul and then you're trying to sell your soul to another human? No, because there's an app that like manages the trade so that everyone no oh. one knows who each other so is. So you, you'll just say, I'm selling my soul to the devil, but you don't know who around the table exactly. is. Exactly. That's cool. Your chest will just come back and there will be no soul in it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh um, wow! Does that mean people close their eyes to see who's looking into? No, it's like a QR code that you scan on the back, and then you like oh. manage everything. So you sell your soul clever. digitally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm, I'm completely unfamiliar with as well. There's a cryptocurrency uh, joke in there somewhere. <laughs> this is also Czech Games Edition uh, selling, doing another heavy Euro game with an app. If anyone in this room played the absolute headache that is Alchemist. Yeah, exactly. Alchemist over? It's definitely a headache. It's so hard. <laughs> actually, do logic. It's so hard. It's unbelievably difficult. So that's basically what to deal with the devil. It just seems bizarre. But there's one thing that I want to tell you about because I think it will tickle the sort of nerd mechanic brain that you have. Uh, no offence. but um, Rude. <laughs> let me tell you about debt because the way that debt works in this game is you have this big track that goes from zero to ten. Let's say you have five debt at the moment. That means you're going to have to pay the bank five money at the end of your turn to keep up with your debts. Okay. However, there's a little wheel of debt that happens just to the left of it where you have a cube and that cube, it's like a little circuit for this one cube to go around endlessly. If you end your round with five debt, it will move around that circle five times and the number of times it passes the checkpoint increases your total debt more. Okay. So it's like the more debt, so like if you're all the way up on 10 debt, you are cripplingly in debt, and then this little thing will go wee around a circle, <laughs> hitting this checkpoint, and you're like, ugh, it's, it's horrible. That sounds good. It's just a nerdy fun mechanic. It's just like a, it just, a, what if debt felt like a boulder rolling down a hill? <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's a, another very strong entry, Tom. All right, Ava, next up we have Phantom Inc. by Resonim. Click. Uh, we, well, why didn't we make the Click. social deduction go up against the other social deduction? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is really why, just a test of what genre is the audience. Run well, I also made the brackets, so I think I do have a slight advantage. Oh. <laughs> this is gerrymandering. It's a fix. It's Brewster mandering. I don't know. Oxford demandering. All right. No, no, it's Brewster. Okay, yeah. Right. So, um, Phantom Inc. Phantom Inc. I can actually, I actually think this is really lovely because this is a, this is one of the simplest party games that I've seen in a while. Uh, it's <laughs> For the, the people at home, the slide is just a piece of paper with the word Portugal written on it. Did Tom, Tom also do Tom the photos? Tom also picked the slides. <laughs> I'm ready to be impressed by Phantom Inc. though, Ava, please. Okay. Okay, right, we've all played social deduction games where you split into two teams and people are trying to guess something that two people at the end have information about, right? Codenames has got that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. We've all played a social deduction. We haven't all played. Nobody has done everything. Yeah. It's impossible to do everything. I've actually done everything. <laughs> Ava, please go. Monster. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Um, uh, we've also played, or a lot of us have played, Mysterium, mm. Um, mm. which has one player being a ghost and trying to explain, what if you could do both of those at the same time? Ooh. And what if the ghost could only communicate one letter at a time? Like a Ouija board. Like a Ouija board, but it doesn't have a Ouija board in it, it's just got a letter and a bit of paper in which you can write Portugal. <laughs> um, but, so this is cool. So the key thing here is that, that there's two ghosts and two teams of mediums and the ghosts are sharing a word that they are trying to communicate to everyone okay. else. So every bit of information that is said at the table helps everyone. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. This is like like um, crosstalk. Is that the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. a similar thing. With, but it's like just baked down to the simplest possible version of it. You pass a couple of questions to your ghost, and your ghost starts writing at any time while they are writing, one letter at a time, really slowly. Oh, so, so you ask them a question, and then they're like, you, you give them hey, two question cards. They uh, the question that will work the best. Okay. One of the questions is literally, can you tell me a lie about the thing? Mm, <laughs> mm, all right. Mm, okay. Spicy. That's pretty good. Um, and. Whenever you want, during them saying their word, they can, you, uh, the medium can shout, and this is in the rule book, Silencio! <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Silencio! Oh, I already love this because it means... Silencio! Oh, this is so good. Because if, if the ghost is writing like tortoise... Silencio! <laughs> Ava, I think you're losing this round. <laughs> Depends how many more times she says silencio. <laughs> uh, but it means if you're writing like tortoise and you know you go T-O and they're like, oh, I can't actually think of another word that begins T-O. Tool. Tool. Yeah, they go, oh, oh, it's tool. Silencio. And the ghost is like, oh. <laughs> uh, exactly, but everyone at the table gets to know a little bit. So you've got, you've got this like push your luck of how much information you want to be out there. Um, and that's almost all of the game. Let's see if there's right? another slide. It's super, super simple. There is. Oh, oh. Does it smell like Portugal? <laughs> if it were an animal, what animal would it be? Portugal. <laughs> Silencio. I'm already having fun. Um, yeah, no, it's really, really sweet. You also, when you're guessing something, you do it one letter at a time as well, um, with the ghost able to stop you by going. Oh. oh, wow. That's where they can get out all of their anger at people saying silencio too soon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do one letter and they're like, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> no. um, it's all of the theatre that I want in a social party game. It's just like, this is, it actually lets you lean into ghosts. There's a real puzzle that everyone's trying to solve together. Everyone has information. It's funny. Um, I'm, I'm stuck on the idea. Like just, just the tagline for this audience. This shucks. Lean into ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, right. Well, so if you think Phantom Inc. is the game you would rather play, this is Deal with the Devil, please shout on three, obviously, Silencio. One, two, three. Silencio. Wow, that was like a cool spell. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think deal with the devil, uh, what do we think? I'm trying to think of Satan. No, you did. I don't. I don't. That's a bit. Debt. No debt. There we go. Um, uh, uh, wait, if you think if you'd rather play deal with the devil, please say, oh no, I'm in so much debt. <laughs> on That's three. That's one of the songs that shucks, I think, isn't it? <laughs> oh, we should have had the Martin Wallace debt chamber. Okay, right. Uh, what, what, what are they yelling? Oh no, I've got so much oh, debt. Oh no, I've got so much debt. Uh, on three. One, two, three. I think, I think Phantom Inc. just snuck past on that one. It's fine, people just don't like debt, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we're gonna have to move, I think, just a shade faster to get through the remaining 60 games. Uh, up next, Tom, please, would you like to talk about Fit to Print by Flat Out Games? It's kind of great because uh, Fit to Print is a real time game, so a speedy teach it shall be. Uh, in Fit to Print, your woodland animal's making a little newspaper. Uh, it's adorable. It's got art from Ian O'Toole, and it is just delicious. Ian O'Toole, you're telling me Ian O'Toole, who's drawn all those cool yeah. things in the third game, just drawing animals? Up-and-coming artist, Ian O'Toole. <laughs> I think he's, he's going to be a big deal. Yeah, he's going to be a big guy. So the way that it works is you're basically, you have this huge, it's kind of like Galaxy Trucker, but for newspapers. You have a huge I number. I think, sorry, can we just stop it? Because I think Tom's won this round, actually. <laughs> You've got a huge number of like face down articles uh, on the table. And when you say go, you're going to start scrabbling for those articles and slapping them onto your tiny cardboard desk. I think the next slide has the tiny little cardboard construction where you are going to be literally. Uh, three dimensional! You are going to be piling up. Someone in the audience just went, ah! <laughs> You're going to be literally piling up articles onto your desk because it's so small and the articles are so big. You're going to be stacking them up. So you're going to be going, oh yeah, we can print this, bam, we can print this, bam, and you're just slapping them onto your table. At any point, you can then say layout, and then you turn from piling up articles to distributing them onto your newspaper, where you have to like sort of tessellate them into sort of a thing that looks like a real paper, where you score points for having like sort of like some articles are like. You know, this is a sport article, so it goes great if it's next to a sport picture and so on and so forth. <laughs> Otherwise, what's happening with your newspaper? <laughs> it's a sport article illustrated by like a cemetery or something. <laughs> we also have um, the, in, in the slide that you can see here as well, um, Matt 
I launched into getting Matt to play the game before he knew any of the rules. So what you can see here is maybe the worst possible paper that you could make in this game. You're not allowed to do half the things he's done here. He's gone completely rogue. But Matt also was saying that like it feels agonizingly close to actually making a real life paper. Yeah. Where it's like, it's time to print, do it now. Um, and it's great. And every round the papers get bigger and bigger. So by the third game, oh, you're that's... doing this massive paper. Oh, that is Galaxy Trucker, yeah. isn't it? But without a rules explanation that's like 40 <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's like a little thing that you kind of, uh, each round you have like a variable variant so that you can't like do certain things. So like on one day you might not be able to cross the crease, which is the oh, middle of okay. paper, so you can't put any Can you explain what Matt's done here that's illegal? Oh my god, when to start? <laughs> the first thing is you can see he's put articles sideways. <laughs> and you'd think that just, you'd think that would be self-explanatory, that you can't put articles sideways or upside down. Upside down, yeah. But I think he's also got some articles that are like in the sort of wrong place. He's not got a head Headline article, that's one of the most important just things. Goes, just have that no headline straight into like <laughs> yeah. copywriting. He's put his adverts too close together. Oh, there's all kinds of things. He's just absolutely unprofessional, really. Wow. Um, okay, well. There's also, oh, also you, at the end of each round, you have to balance out some stories have a little smiley face. That's happy news. Some have a frowny face. <laughs> and at the end of the round, you only get like points for that if you balance them out perfectly. So your reader has to feel completely neutral about the game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's fit to, fit to print. It's oh, from wow. uh, Flat Out Games, I think. Wow, that's great. Okay, Ava, your third round entry is... Uh, we've got... This is our dork quotient. Ooh, look at that. That board's quite exciting. I said it was dorkier than immediately got excited, which is the worst. Uh, that's very you, I think. I know. This is Lands of Galzia by Snowdale Design. Um, I want to play fit to print. No, um, <laughs> Ava, you got it. I can win this round. That's okay. Don't worry. No, oh, I'm going home. <laughs> um, uh, Lands of Galtier is a storytelling game where you go and explore and you adventure, and it's got like an open world RPG feel. Uh, feel to it. It's set in the same world as Dale of Merchants. Oh, so it's cool. Adorable and through pomorphic animals that Tom has hidden from view because he's <laughs> a big old cheat. Let's check out the next slide. <laughs> it's, it's better, it's I don't think there's any animals. animals on the next slide. I'm going to be really upset. Ah, uh, <laughs> a black and white map. Just, Thanks, Tom. It's a pole cat with only one eye and a really cheeky smile. Wow. <laughs> like, do I need to say more? Yeah, I think um, you're going to have to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's an app attached to this which has story elements and stuff and there is this lovely little menu guide to Galzia where it just like gives you a little bit of background to what's going on in mm -hmm. the game. Um, but I, this is a tricky one because I don't know much of what is actually in this game. Well, what do you do on, a, on like a turn on or a, a turn, game? you will move somewhere which will activate a story of some kind. Oh, so, so it's kind of like the, oh, sorry, what's the um, uh, Ryan Lauten? Oh, Sleeping Lord Gods, Sleeping or like Lord Tales from yeah. the Arabian Nights, maybe, that mm. kind of vibe. Yeah, 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 it's that sort of vibe, and it's the sort of thing where you go somewhere, you'll read a bit of story, you'll do a skill check. It's got a really lovely skill check mechanic where there's like a ring of skills that you slot pieces into, and like... It's, okay, right. Okay, here's, okay. Here's, okay. Said this in video. This is the first game I've seen that models transferable skills. <laughs> Love it. Love what it. What have we been saying on Shut Up and Sit Down? Where are the transferable <laughs> skill modeling like, models? If you've got if you've got a skill in in thievery, you're also going to be a bit good at like Polit politics. Or, or, oh, agility. Like yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. So, oh, because it's a ring. So if you're good yeah. at fighting, you're also good at like athleticism or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You lose the skills on the opposite side of the thing. But, but of course, a big load of something. if this is the Dale of Merchant developers, I believe there'll be no fighting at all because they, they sort of make a very pacifist... Because this, this is also the same world that did um, Dawn of the Peacekeepers. Is that the name of the game? Ah, oh. oh, someone's got to cover my bottom here because I could be getting the name of that game wrong. No one going to nod? Um, Show I your head. You're right. There's no one, one thumb. <laughs> Thank you. Right, great. <laughs> Correct. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't aware of that, but I, I can't remember there being a skill for fighting, so that absolutely makes they sense. They kind of strike out, like, why, why is fantasy so full of violence and kind of like colonialist kind of stuff? So, yeah, yeah sort of a... a um, yeah, and you're just four people going out and exploring, and I don't know what the story holds, because there is so many different systems here for keeping track of what is going on between games, telling an mm. ongoing story that ties together. Um, the board has two sides to it. You put cards out onto the location, so the locations can change shape over the course of your campaign. Oh, okay, yeah, because cities could develop. Yeah, or... there's this huge rack of cards that will slot in and out of the game and do different things at different times. There's, um, you have to keep track of what day of the week 
case. Oh, yeah! <laughs> That's really exciting to me. It's like, our adventuring party has to go up a mountain, but the mountaineering shop is closed until Tuesday. <laughs> I bet exactly. it is stuff like that. There's seasonal stuff in there. Oh, I love seasons. Slowly, right? Look, Tom, look, come on. We all know your newspaper game is, like, gonna do well. Well, look, okay. Um, it's just, it, it's just, it looks to me like it's a campaign system that holds on to so much information that there is so much room to play in there. That's great. And I'm quite excited to get to find out whether that's nailed that on. Okay, so we've got uh, Fit to Print, where you'll be assembling a newspaper in real time in a kind of Galaxy Trucker style. We've got Lands of Galzia, where you're going to be probably not fighting, but worrying about what day of the week it is as you adventure around a world that changes all the time, not unlike our world. <laughs> So, if you like the sound of Lads of Galzia on three, shout Galzia, one, two, three. Galzia. Okay, and if you like print, say print media is dying, one, two, three. Print media is dying. That round goes to Tom. Oh, I didn't like that being yelled. I didn't like that As someone who used to work on magazines, that was, that was rough. Okay, still everyone. What have we done? <laughs> uh, we've, we've told truth to not, not power necessarily, but... Okay, well, so two points to Tom, uh, one point to Ava. Uh, everything to play for as we go into the final two rounds, unless Tom wins it and it's kind of locked up. So, Tom, your fourth game is... Wait, hang on. Is this... This is Return to Dark Tower by Restoration Games. Right, now, see, we didn't do a preview of this game, so, so I have so broken this is the void. rules. Yeah, okay, well, void is one way to put it. Or maybe just ambitious. <laughs> Okay, mm, you, might, you, you might be losing the audience so here. So I'll, I'll say we did not do a uh, Shucks preview. Like all of these games we wish were Shucks previews. Uh, Return to Dark Tower was not a Shucks preview, but I, I played it after we did the Shucks previews for the day. And, okay. No, I, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. Is can it everyone, no? Or can everyone please shout, Tom doesn't understand the rules of the game. <laughs> On three, one, two, three. For the people at home, Tom has walked away from his mic and is leaving the stage. Tom, don't give him sympathy, he'll just get stronger. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Tom, I mean, this is kind of... Uh, we'll see if you can win them over enough. W do you want to talk about... Clearly, you do want to talk about Return to Dark Tower. Yeah, Return to Dark Tower is something I think we're going to cover in more detail later down the line, but I sort of feel like I have to cover it because I feel resentful towards it, because... I'm just going to chime in right here. So if you're not aware, Restoration Games restore games from the 70s and 80s. <laughs> I think their tagline is to give games another chance. So if you've heard of this Dark Tower thing, which I believe in the 80s was defined by this big, talking, simple, electronic tower mm -hmm. thing? Yep. And that's back now. Oh, it's back. Big it's piece of plastic that yells at you. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing in the world. And it also <laughs> lights up and spins around. There's a fantastic part of the game where, so one of the important mechanics is you have to drop these tiny plastic skulls into the top of the tower. I'm sorry, I know I've thrown you off. Do you want to talk about what players are sort of doing? Like, what's the, what's the theme? What's the story? Uh, you are a sort of bunch of adventurers. Oh, you know what? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're a bunch of adventurers and you're trying to like stop the Dark Tower from doing something bad, I guess? Uh, there's like some, you, each time you play it, you sort of face off against like a particular villain. Um, we were uh, fighting off against a villain called The Eternal Gaze, which is G-A-Z-E. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not the other one. Um, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so your adventure is you're traveling around the land, you're sort of doing little quests, you're beating up wolves. We killed a lot of wolves. <laughs> Um, kind of getting stronger. It was the 80s when fighting wolves was like just considered the done thing. Yes, not like a, a, an absolutely horrible crime against nature. Yeah. Um, so you're wandering around this land, you're doing these quests. However, at the end of each of your turns, you're going to drop a tiny plastic skull into the top of the massive rotating black plastic tower. <laughs> and I really love the fact that the game says, it says tells you to drop a, uh, drop a skull in and then it will tell you the tower is rotating. Please keep your fingers clear of the what? tower. What? I love the idea that I could lose like my entire <laughs> right hand <laughs> being crushed by the Dark Tower. Um, there's a bunch of like really, really strange stuff in this game. I mainly just want to talk about because I played it and was like, I have to talk about this. It's so weird. Okay. And my favourite thing that I think you'll really like is that, so you'll go and do quests. The quests, you go into them and there'll be a bad thing that's going to happen. And the way that you push through the quest is by using advantages. Which is like, if you're good at fighting beasts, you'll have, say, one beast advantage. You can spend those advantages to make the outcomes of that combat better. So you can sort of try and swing the tide over from being like, I'm going to lose all of my dudes that I've got with me, or I'm just going to, like, I don't know, lose one dude. My favorite thing about this is the app says, because it's run by an app, it will say, you're fighting a bunch of wolves. Ten of your guys are going to die. But the way that it feels like when you spend the advantages, you sort of go, hmm. 
No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you touch the button, it's like, okay, only five guys are going to die. Then you can go, hmm, no, thank you again. And then it'll be like, okay, fine, we'll give you five guys. Wow. You can turn it into a good thing, but it's just, it's, it's kind of delightful. Um, but we, yeah, we played a bunch of it. Uh, it's a really, really odd thing. We killed so many wolves, and every time it summons more wolves, it plays this same crusty wolf sound effect. Yes. And it's like, you kind of hear it getting worse in real time. It's always like, <laughs> ow, and then it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's, we'll probably cover it more. I'm sorry, it's not a preview, but I have a grudge against it because it made me really late for my train. <laughs> uh, so that's why I'm talking about it. Wow, that is uh, questionable entrance, uh, Return to Dark Tower by <laughs> Restoration Games, which may or may not be at Shucks. Um, Ava, your entry to round four is, uh, I've not heard of this, Mountains, oh, I've forgotten to click the slides. Oh yeah, we didn't get to show the people what Dark Tower looks like. Is not there you go. Oh. <laughs> it even said. Return to Dark Tower. Okay. Hey. Look, it's me. Who's this? It's me. Right. Okay. It's so me. I've got moles. Hey. <laughs> hey, but your fourth game is Mountains Out of Mole Hills by The Op. It is. Okay, so right. So you can see on the screen that one of the first things you'll notice about Mountains and Mole Hills is that it is a double layer thing. You stand up little plastic things in the corners of the box and you put an extra board on top and a board. Down okay. On the I'm going to describe this for the people at home. It's a, it's like a the bo the it, the bottom tray of a board game with four pillars on the corner, like a four-poster bed, and then a roof on top. So creating kind of two boards, like a tiny house. And essentially, what you're doing is playing two games that interlock on those two games. So down at the bottom, you've got some moles, and they are digging around, and they are digging using a really basic like card drafting and programming mechanism. You decide. Well, oh, okay, this turn I want to go forward, and then I'm going to turn, and then we're going to go forward, and then we're going to dig a big mole hole. Okay, cool. Yeah? All right. Um, but you're doing that, putting them all face down. You don't necessarily... So you're programming like Rubber Rally. That's a reference that yeah, is, yeah. like, increasingly outdated. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Garfield is here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're doing it one at a time, so there's chaos, there's room for things to go wrong within that. But also on the top, you are playing a puzzle with the molehills. Now, because you're moles, you're looking up, so whatever is at the bottom of a molehill, which stacks on top, like these little plastic slotty Yeah, OK, yeah. You stack these things on top of each other. The bottom one tells you who owns it. The height of it tells you how many points it is worth at the end of the round. However, there's also... So you want to get in early with the molehills, because then other molehills beneath you will push up your molehill high. No, because the molehills push, mole push it up. So yeah, I know. So, person. So, you, so is, do you get more points for being at the bottom or the top? You get, a po you get any points for being at the bottom, oh. and the points, but the points increase by how much... Oh, by how many people oh, you've, like, undermined. Way, way, I can't way, wait. I'm too Tom. excited. Tom, you're not Tom. You're Quinn. <laughs> That's right. I'm Tom. He's Tom. I'm Quinn's. Prince. What if I told you there was rules? I'm Tom. For toppling. <laughs> oh, uh, toppling. Okay, let's go. So, um, each round, there'll be an increasing maximum height. And if you go higher than that, you have to knock over the big tower and spread it out over the spaces in one direction. Is it, this isn't like a physical game. You don't physically knock over the tower. You don't physically knock over the tower. So you lay it out. Sick. You pull it out and then you spread it along neatly. And if it falls off the edge, you don't get it anymore. If it, if it sort of like topples like onto other molehills, other squares with molehills on, does it then stack onto those molehills? It stacks onto those, and it might make them topple too. Oh! oh. Board games, board <laughs> games, board <laughs> games. Um, I have no idea whether there's going to be too much chaos in the interlocking between those two things, because I haven't had a chance to play this, as, but... So as you're programming the moles running around, is one of the actions you can take, like, topple the stack above me? Uh, it's not topple. Okay. It's not topple, it's just add a molehill and there's maximum height. Oh, so it topples so when it gets too high. Yeah. It gets I think you get to choose what direction it topples as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. If you're the one that knocks it over, you choose the direction, so you get to like strategically lay it out. Strategically topple. And they don't get cleared in between rounds, so you're just building up this big geography of like increasingly tall piles of stuff that are all going to fall over, and that's fun. And um, they click together like the things you used to have in school where you, that you did maths in. What did you click together in maths? Um, I think it's called Multilink. The little blocks with the little plastic hats that like slot into each okay, other. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, I get that people in the audience have played that. I still don't see the relevance to maths. Look, this, quick, quick, the education know. system in this country. <laughs> I know that you were never a child, but just, just <laughs> imagine. I imagine what school's like. All, everything I learned about school I learned from Riverdale. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so if you th- so we've got mountains out of molehills versus Return to Dark Tower. If you believe uh, Return to Dark Tower is the, the game you'd rather play, on three, please yell cheat. <laughs> One, two, three. Cheat. Okay, and if you would rather be a little mole going around building up little molehills that click together in some kind of nostalgic thing that reminds you of maths, I guess. Uh, on three, please yell blind. One, two, three. Blind. That's actually very offensive. So, uh, I think Ava clinched that one. Uh, so, well done, Ava. As we go into round five of five. I didn't even have to play the naked mole rat card. There's a naked mole rat in it, and I love naked mole rats. That would have. Oh, okay. I mean, they're that, cute. And weird looking. Citation. Uh, citation needed. Okay, Turing machine. However. Okay, right, Tom. Your fifth and final game. <sighs> Is Turing Machine, published by Hachette, by the same design studio that brought you Stay Cool and Decrypto? Yeah, from the publisher that brought you two games that are, like, mostly about having fun. (laughs) (laughs) So a game mostly about doing a puzzle on your own. Uh, So Turing Machine is a game that asks the simple question. This is a poor start. Yeah, I know. Stumbled out of the gate. (laughs) Turing Machine is a game that asks the simple question, can you think of three numbers that are correct? (laughs) Throughout the game, you're going to be assembling a proposal of three different numbers. The proposal is basically you having a guess that's like, I think the number that the game wants me to guess is like 152 or Mm -hmm. something like that. If you get that right, oh boy, you're the winner. Okay. But the way that you're going to do that is... The most Byzantine and complicated system ever involving this like incredibly sophisticated cardboard computer. Matt was really smitten with this as just a thing that he was like, I don't know how they've made this. I don't know how it's real because it is so odd. So the way this works, you can see in sort of the lower bit of this slide, you have these series of cards that are called verifiers. They are going to tell you something about that three-digit code. For example, you can see the verifier on the screen is like, it will tell you which color of number, oh God, uh, is, <laughs> <laughs> is larger than the other two. So for example, that one might be telling you that purple is larger than yellow and blue, right? Which means... Which in the picture is the purple five is larger than the blue yeah, in the... but you can also see in that picture, which is going to be great for the people at home, uh, that there is a little red X that's showing through on the cardboard computer. So mm-hmm. each of those little punch cards sort of slides over the top so that only one symbol will be revealed, either a tick for yes or a cross for no. Um, we have here a cross, which means in this example, purple isn't the biggest, bigger than the other two, right? Or is it? Because each verifier actually is testing three possibilities of which of those numbers are bigger. So this verifier is either testing, is either going to confirm or deny that purple is biggest, blue is biggest, or yellow is biggest, but you don't know which. So you need to work that out by continually running codes through the same verifier over and over again. It's just horrible. For the people listening to this podcast at home, you're missing out on the experience of about 300 people all being super confused at the same time. (laughs) I mean, I think I kind of get it. I'm upset. Yeah, trying to teach this game is kind of an absolute headache because it's like... Teaching to crypto is a pain. Yeah, and this is like, let's make that worse. (laughs) Because it's like, what if, you know, like, it it would be simple if, like, each verifier just tested one thing. Like, if you knew the verifier was testing if, like, purple was the biggest, that's fine, but you don't know what it's even testing in the first place. So you're doing two deduction puzzles. The first deduction is, what are these telling me? And the second is, how can I use what these are telling me to find out what the numbers are? Okay, yeah, no, you're doing a pretty good job of explaining this. I just realised I keep on putting my hand up like I'm at school. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to do active listening to Tom, so I am missing this. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. You're allowed to do that. Um, So, like, you just slot the card in and it knows. It knows. It knows. You don't have to tell it or set it up in any way. You you have to, like... <laughs> Each it's like there's like a, a series of predetermined puzzles that you need to like you need to find the right oops find the right little backing cards with the ticks and crosses on to match the puzzle that you're doing. It's a whole thing, but it's all quite simple. The thing that I find kind of fascinating about Turing Machine is the fact that it's a puzzle game. It's not co-op. You're all doing your own version of this puzzle. So it is a game where there is truly no player interaction until someone wins the game. <laughs> That's the only player interaction is someone being, oh yeah, I've won. We're <laughs> like, all allowed to stop now. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, but then do you keep playing if someone wins? Like, because wow. you want to solve the puzzle? What's the hexagon I'm seeing at the bottom of the uh, slide here. That's the cardboard computer itself. Oh. Dr. Turing's 
horrible <laughs> cardboard monstrosity. <laughs> that just shows you where to put the components. You can also see the other slide has a really, really good image, I think, of um, my... Oh, no, I wish I had both, but basically me and Matt had... I think you, maybe you'll see the preview on the screen, but me and Matt... Those were my notes, which were meticulous and neat, and Matt's notes were basically non-existent, <laughs> which made me feel terrible that he, he won. He, like, he beat at the same time. He just kept it all up there in his brain. Well... He didn't have to teach the game, though, I guess. Matt so was, that's one that... point to me. <laughs> That day, Matt was in possession of Shut Up It Down's one brain. Uh, okay, and our tenth and final game. It's uh, Ava's Ava. turn to use the brain. <laughs> Ava, you're going to be telling us about Leaf by Weird City Games. I am. Have you ever wondered what it would feel like to be the wind? Oh. Uh, yeah. mm, that's yeah. a, you're sort of losing me. Yeah. Um, how about if I told you that the wind is really into playing a Thailand games with beautiful leaves? Mm. So you are like trying to build the best bit of the forest floor by filling it up with a layer of leaves that you put little mushrooms. It sounds on. like what if the wind had anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> That is a good tagline. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a very interesting thing where, like, the... It's a Thailand game. It's kind of a fairly straightforward Thailand game where these leaves are very, have varying numbers of points around the outside and you can interlock them any way you like. On your turn, you will play a leaf down and that will dictate what actions that you get to do. Now, the actions depend on what leaves it touches. I just leaves. want a, a flag here for the peeps, for the leaves, leaves. Leaves. It's leaves. Yeah, I leaves. Know, I know, I was, no, sorry. Yeah, I, I was just on autopilot. Just having you. fun because I'm. You had to I'm, ruin it I'm, by being a pedant. I know. This has been my burden, and no one feels <laughs> sorry for me having to be this person. Um, but the thing I want to address for the people. I do. Yeah, oh, thanks, Ava. Uh, the thing I want to address for the people at home is that when Ava says tile laying game, you would assume like these leaves are like you know hexagons with leaves drawn on. These are like actual leaf silhouettes. Like these are, these are like, they, it looks like a box full of actual leaves, which I'm in, in, immediately enormously impressed by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you click to the next slide, I think hopefully Tom's let me have, yeah, you can see. <laughs> Tom's <laughs> put a relevant picture. I'm a gracious I God. I do not understand. <laughs> I, I do not understand how these leaves fit together. But they do. Oh, I see. You touch them tip to tip. Yeah, yeah. You're touching them tip to tip. Why? That's not a. That Sorry, is that I a. No, I didn't laugh. I didn't. I, I accidentally said, "Get out my naked mole rat," <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even notice. Okay, um, God, goodness. Yeah. So the leaves. Yeah, the leaves interlock, and you're playing this like spreading out, trying to get the mushrooms to go in there. Each colour leaf has a different action associated with it, so you will be able to send squirrels up the tree. Oh. Like. Get some animals. In, the animals have the most beautifully illustrated cards that I have seen in any game ever. Oh, like, really? I'm actually going to stand by that. Oh, wow. They are lovely little, like, almost woodcut-style, simple animal drawings, and they're just lovely. And there's no, like, information on them. It's just animals. It's just animals. You don't have to think. There's no... Yeah, there's no, there's, I'm not seeing many, there's, it does seem to, there's a word in the bottom right of this slide, but by and large, it's just pictures of really, like really nice leaf silhouettes and then cards with really nice animals on with no writing whatsoever. For the readers at home, that word is sassafras. <laughs> oh, okay. What's the sassafras got to do with the game? Um, it's a, it has a leaf. Oh, okay. Wait, what, what's the... Uh, Sassa should... It's a sassafras leaf. Oh, okay. I'm bored now. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got, just went a bit too far into explanation and I was just looking at leaves. This is cool. Um, it's just, it just looks really lovely on the, on the table. Like, I've got no idea how it plays. Like, it didn't really get my head around exactly what each of the actions were and exactly how you would strategize with it. Because I think until you start playing it, you're not going to be able to see how you can plan for what's coming ahead. Because everything you do gives points of leaves available to anyone at the table to place a leaf, join up. Oh, you're yeah, building, you're, you're collectively building a mat of leaves on the floor. collectively building a okay. network in the middle, because it's the forest quins. Come on, I <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't be a wind, wind building a tiny private <laughs> pile of leaves. Okay, gotcha. So we've got, this is an interesting final round. We've got Turing Machine, which Tom really, you know, like. I did a great job. I mean, but that's like a crazy cardboard computer. It's really, this is a battle of modernity versus nature. I'm trying to put a little spice into the final round. That's kind of, that is kind of like, I mean, I do feel like that's kind of like, that matches me and Ava quite well. You know, um, you like I don't nature. Know, I don't know how to play video games. <laughs> what Tom means there. Tom doesn't know how to relax. <laughs> <laughs>
okay, well, if you think that... if you, So, it's between Turing Machine and Leaf. If you... Or, if you prefer, if you prefer Tom or Ava. No. <laughs> I, did, I didn't say that, because if it goes I'm the wrong way... You did. I'm, I'm really afraid you did. I'm afraid you did. Okay, right, so, um, i tell you what. If you'd rather play Leaf... This is going to be tricky, because you'll see why. But if you'd rather play Leaf, you'd rather be the wind laying a mat of leaves. On three, please make a noise like the wind. Three, no, one, two, three. <laughs> Top voice of the man who just yelled wind. <laughs> um, okay, and if, you would, if you'd rather play Turing Machine, please make a noise like a computer. Three. <laughs> uh, on three, one, two, three. But a lot of bad computers. <laughs> so many people just going boop. They sound like I feel. Their I computers think... all died. No, so I, I think. I actually, I, I think that was. That, that, I think that was more leaf than than Turing machine. I'm afraid. I'll Which continue. means Ava is our winner on this podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. And me and Tom are going to unionise so they can't fire us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just as a reminder, uh, all of these games, except for Tom's cheaty return to Dark Tower, um, are available to look at, touch, maybe buy? Maybe you can buy some of them, I don't know. It's not my convention. You can try and buy them. Uh, you could you try could, and take them. You could. You, you know what? No that. one can stop you from <laughs> offering like four hundo Canadian dollars for like the only printed version of like one if, of these if prototypes. You, if you take the games one component at a time, is it really stealing? <laughs> <laughs> or is it like, like a, a philosophical question, like the ship of Theseus? Yeah, exactly. The leaf of Theseus. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, is we're that gonna what go we now. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh no. Do you want to? We've got like. Got a few more minutes. Do you want to check? So I've got one more slide for all of the honourable mentions that we have for this podcast. It's empty. <laughs> uh, that's not true, because I think there was, there was loads of stuff that both me and Ava were super excited about talking about, but we might save that coverage for later down the line, or special video review. Do you want to just drop, drop a few hot men shows? Hot mentions. We played some Guards of Atlantis. Me and Matt actually played that one. That's really cool, because it's like, what if Dota 2, but you couldn't play it all the time? <laughs> uh, that game looks delightful. Um, Astra kind, um, kind of implies that all of the um, astronomers of the early modern period were like getting wasted on stardust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and playing a roll and ride where you like push. It's not even a roll. There's no rolling. Is it, is it a no flip rolling. and fill? No. It's not a random. Well, what it's is not, it then? It's not <laughs> is it just paperwork? It's just a right. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, and you're filling in this thing and there's a little puzzle involved and I think it's interesting logic and I don't really know how it's going to be. Okay, cool. What else we got? Uh, oh, I have one in my head, and now I've immediately forgotten. We were going to talk about Keystone. Yeah, Keystone, uh, Rose Gauntlet Games, who produced a lovely thing about the ecology of North America with animals riding up in numbers, and it <laughs> hurts my head more than I expected it to, considering how much I love the eyes of that field mouse. It's a good mouse. Crash uh, zoom on the mouse. Uh, Tom, have you got? Any, did you remember? What I remember the other CG game that we've got here. This new is a game called Starship Captains, which looks like a sort of fun little space game where you go, you know, have a little hangout in space with your pals, fighting danger. Very sort of like schlocky Star Trekky. However, I really love the fact that one of the workers you can get is a robot, and if the robot does their job, they immediately die. <laughs> <laughs> and the way that they represent this is kind of delightful because when you finish using your crew, they go in this sort of little like conveyor belt where they like become back to the ready area. They come mm. back to the from the break room, I guess. The robot has a massive hexagonal base so he doesn't fit on the conveyor belt. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just so sad, this idea of the robot like pressing his hands to the glass, looking in like, I really want to be, I want to eat a space croissant. Yeah, That's okay. Right. <laughs> well, if you would like to also kill a robot, so then uh, Starship Captains is available in the uh, area, what's it called? CGE area. Of the expo. expo thank hall. you. You're doing Come great, on, pal. team effort, everybody. <laughs> right, and thank you all. We'll be back on uh, Sunday with another live podcast talking about the games we played over this weekend. And thank you all very much for coming. Cheers. How, how does the end music go? Uh, oh, no, wait. It's a, it's it's a, like, it starts off slow. It should have been coming in while we were talking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a jazzy version. I forget how it goes. Yeah, this is really great. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> if we'd all committed, that would've... I've, no, Tom's taking my flow out. Okay, right. bye everybody! <laughs>